The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Ireland's dietary habits need to change radically as part of an ambitious plan to protect public health and the environment. A new report, which is called Fixing Food Together, that's what it recommends today. The Climate and Health Alliance say that our current food system is like a, a slow-motion disaster, fueling premature death and disability due to diet-related chronic diseases like cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes and, of course, obesity. Now, joining me to talk about all of this is Tim Tim Collins, Chief Executive of the Irish Heart Foundation. Tim, good morning. Morning, Pat. So uh, there are a huge number of organisations in this uh, Climate and Health Alliance. Um, Let's see, the British Heart Foundation, Northern Ireland, Irish Cancer Society, ASPA Society, Irish Society of Chartered Physiotherapists, University College Dublin, School of Public Health and so on. Irish Heart Foundation, Mm. of course, uh, yourselves. I don't see any farmers in there. We, we have a very broad range of organisations and we've invited farmers and we've had farmer representatives at our conference today. And in fact, it does come from a session um, with two inspirational farmers talking about the difficulties that Irish farmers face in terms of the direction that public policy has been pushing them in terms of producing cheap food. And now the kind of almost reversal of that, where they're now being asked to do something different, which is farm more sustainably. So we've had a lot of engagement with, with uh, particular yeah, but farmers. The, but their views, are they represented anywhere in the report? Because, you know, you have recommendations about farmers saying that they should be more people with third level qualifications, for example, should be running farms, um, that uh, they should produce more organic, which of course means more expensive. In fact, I think from 2% up to 7% Mm -hmm. is what you recommend. Mm -hmm. But without the people who are producing the food represented where do we go? Well, I mean, what the, 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 the report has referenced a significant amount of public policy in the area of agriculture. Members of our steering group have deep experience of farming and we've brought that perspective to play in, in terms of drafting the report. But the report is from a group of health organisations, not from the, the farming organisations. So that's where we're coming from. This is primarily looking at that interface between health and environment. Now, you have lots of recommendations and I mean, the report is over 150 pages long, so I'm not going to be able to deal with all of it. But uh, looking at some of it, for example, in the planning system, you want the planners uh, to come to the table in terms of determining uh, how many fast food outlets there can be in any particular area. How would that work? Well, the, the whole concept of what we call no-fry zones has been around for, for some time and some planning authorities have been better than others in terms of refusing planning applications for fast food outlets in the proximity of either primary or post-primary schools. We want that to be a much more national overview in terms of our planning system where we actually insulate schools as far as possible from fast food outlets but also advertising of ultra-processed or junk food. Um, The question is, though, is the lunch and roll in the local spa or centra, is that a fast food? You know, so therefore you can't have your centra there if they sell this stuff. They can sell newspapers and detergent, but they can't sell a sandwich. Well, if it's if it's a roll that's made with uh, wholemeal bread and it contains moderate amounts of uh, of meat, but not pro- not processed meat, and if it contains a certain amount of fruit or or vegetables, well, obviously salad. If it's a roll, so who are going to be the the lunch roll police? Well, we're not suggesting that there's going to be a lunch roll police, but we need to recognise as a society that our diet has radically changed over the last 40 to 50 years and that's making us heavier and sicker. 
And unless we do something about that, then the, the crisis that we see in our hospitals, the crisis in terms of chronic disease, the epidemic of diabetes is only going to get worse. Is this a problem of relative affluence? Uh, and I, I, what I, I'm not saying everyone has enough money to buy whatever they want, but that uh, we can afford to eat far more than we did years ago. Well, it's a combination of two things. You're right, rel- relative affluence is, is part of it. But also, if you look at the, uh, the whole area of ultra-processed foods, it's becoming relatively cheaper now than actually healthy foods. So it's actually cheaper to have an unhealthy diet dominated by ultra-processed foods or junk foods than it is to actually pursue a healthy diet. Now, uh, one of the things that you're quoted as saying is that poor diet kills one in five people globally. Uh, Poor diet is often lack of food entirely. That's why it kills so many people globally, not that they're stuffing their faces and dying of cardiovascular disease. No, you're right. But interestingly, in Ireland, we're seeing a combination of of malnutrition and overnutrition. So on average, we're taking in between 300 and 500 extra calories a day. But a huge number of those extra calories are ultra-processed foods, which is lacking in fibre, lacking in protein and lacking in the micronutrients that we need for our health. Um, education might seem to be at the heart of this because unless people know what's good for them uh, they're going to go for the easy choices and there are things that you say in the report for example there should be more availability of uh, loose fruit and veg without packaging because that's part of the whole sustainability thing if you have too much packaging that's not very sustainable but I was thinking the reason a lot of stuff is wrapped is to stop people coughing their COVID germs on stuff that's why it's wrapped. Do you know, there's hygiene elements that you have to, to, to bear in mind as well. Yeah, there are solutions to that. But I, I think on the point of, of education, I think it's really important that we don't allow this debate to become a debate about individual responsibility. We now what do you think that that's not good enough? Leaving it to people, they will not do what's best for them. I think that people are are victims of the food system that we actually have allowed to be created in this country and internationally. And the solutions are not individual actions. They're about public policy. We need to break the junk food cycle by public policy, tackling the advertising of junk food to children. We shouldn't have any ultra-processed foods or junk foods advertised on government-owned public transport systems, for instance. You know, why would we have a health system which is being beset with chronic diseases and at the same time other arms of government advertising it the very It does seem that the government, if they were to do what you ask, becomes even more of a nanny than it is already. In other words, you can't advertise uh, a, a burger of, of any, be it Supermax or McDonald's or Burger King or whoever it might be, on, on the side of... A bus. Well, currently we, we, we don't have a nanny state. We have a free-for-all where multinational food companies are actually shaping what we eat. And that's a relatively new phenomenon. And we need to actually redress the balance where they don't get to advertise and promote foods, particularly to children. I mean, children online, for every 10 minutes they're online, they see three junk food ads. So our children are being absolutely beset and assaulted Mm. by images of junk food, which is actually changing their diet. Now, one of the things you want to influence is government's decisions about uh, nutrition in schools. Yes. And ideally, you'd have meals provided in schools, uh, which would conform with the guidelines that you you lay down. Um, If there were machines in schools, they would not contain anything that could be junk. So, I don't know, with a, an apple, uh, a bar that's made of grains or whatever, 
that that kind of thing. That's what you have in mind, I presume. Well, I think we don't need vending machines in schools. Unfortunately, our schools have been underfunded, so vending machines actually have been a source of income for them. So they've been caught between a rock and a hard place in terms of do they take the vending machine away or do they lose the income? But we can do a lot more with school meals. School meals can be healthy and nutritious and sustainable. And I think that we can we can certainly move a lot in that direction. And in fact, all government procurement should be looking at healthy and sustainable food guidelines. So schools, hospitals and other facilities where there are actually canteens. Yeah. Uh, you think that there should be a, a whole of school lifestyle programme, which would include a diet, of course, as well but also activity, um, you know, sport and on the rest of it. A lot of schools don't have the resources, you know, they'll tell you. And then the insurance company will tell you, you can't play in the schoolyard. They, they don't. But I think that we are, we're beginning to make strides. The Irish Heart Foundation has a major programme um, looking at health literacy in schools where we're developing modules for the health and wellbeing programme, actually enabling and empowering young people to actually make decisions about their own health on the basis of actually understanding the health impacts of their own behaviours. There's an intriguing one here, 6.8 in the recommendations. Uh, Provide free potable water in schools, workplaces, public spaces and all places that serve the public. Uh, Commission research to identify if this is taking place and identify the barriers and potential solutions for creating better access to potable water. In this country, turn on the cold tap and you've got potable water. Yeah, in in most locations you can do that. But in schools, actually, uh, access to uh, potable drinking water is not a given. And what we have is a situation where if you go out on the streets, you'll see large numbers of people with a bottle of of a sugar sweetened drink in their hand. We need to move away from that. That is a that is essentially a junk food. It's high in salt or actually high in artificial sweeteners, neither of which are good for you. And we need. But are you talking about providing bottled water? No, I, I I think that we can we can have water available that doesn't require you see, they, plastic they bottles. They did away with the tap where you you lean down into the tap and you slurp the water yeah. on the basis of hygiene. Well, there are, there are lots of outlets where you can actually uh, avail of a, a water font in a public place. Uh, we just need more of them and I think we need them in schools. Final message then uh, from you, Tim. Actually, before you do that, I'll read you a couple of texts. In my son's school, secondary, the daily lunch provided by the school, hot meals, consists of chicken fillet rolls, a chicken fillet with potato cubes, curry, korma. They can make sandwiches as well, but in my view... Is this ultra-processed food being served in schools around the country? Is that the norm? Another one, most convenience food has a lot of additives. I think the government should look at subsidising fresh fruit and veg and local meat and dairy in order to give the customer easier access to nutritious food and make the choice a bit easier. Government subsidies of food. And, and, and that's one of the key messages. What we need to do is make the, the cheap um, ultra-processed foods more expensive and we need to actually make healthy food cheaper and make it easier for people to actually pursue a healthy and nutritious diet. It's a big report, Tim. Where can people access it in hard copy or online? uh, Online, um, either at the Irish Heart Foundation website or the Climate and Health Alliance website. Tim Collins, who's the uh, Chief Executive of the Irish Heart Foundation, thank you very much uh, for joining us in studio. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.